Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa. We've got another fantastic show for you today. We're going to be diving into uh, Web3, what it takes to be a founder in Web3, how you can get funded from the perspective of someone who's in the venture world. Uh, you know, as we're uh, getting started here, uh, please, you know, take a moment to pop a like on the video, do subscribe to the channel. Uh, all of these things help us to defeat the beast that is the algorithm of YouTube. And we know that that is a big enemy that we're all up against. Uh, so very excited to uh, welcome on the show today, uh, Isaac. Isaac is a venture lead at Code and State, uh, and he helps, you know, possible, uh, he helps vet Web3 investments and helps to mentor uh, Web3 startups. So it's really great to have you here, specifically within the ICP ecosystem. And I know there's a few folks around ICP who are very interested. Uh, Isaac, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Vanessa. It's great to be on the show. And uh, yeah, I, I love this topic. It's what I eat, sleep, and breathe every day. So uh, let's dive in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. You know, after I've been talking about ICP uh, a few times on uh, in a couple different uh, videos, uh, a lot of folks in the community reached out. Isaac was one of them. Um, and so happy to have you here. One thing we love to do on the show is to engage with people who are joining us live. So this is a conversation. It's not just uh, us talking at you. It's a conversation with the community. Uh, so if you are here live, please drop a hi, let us know who you are, uh, you know, what you're all about. Um, and uh, yeah, if you have any questions as we go, we'll take questions live from the audience as well. I uh, want to say hi to Drew, who already popped in. Uh, he's he's angling for me to have ICP on my S tier by 2025. You'll have to tune him in to see what's going on. Um, and we've also got Ben, who's popped in live. Uh, welcome, Ben. Uh, so Isaac, uh, why did you start and just Tell us a bit about yourself, how you found the world of crypto, how you found ICP. Uh, let us get to know you a bit better. Great. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, my, my background is actually in, uh, in engineering. I, I went to school for engineering and I went into engineering because I decided as a kid, I wanted to be an inventor. So um, first day of engineering school, I was like, I want to be an inventor who started to talk to. And I got a mentor there that set me on a path of entrepreneurship the rest of my life. He ended up running an incubator at, at Bailey University. Uh, where I went to college. And uh, and so, yeah, for, even from way back then, I was uh, just, just really knee deep in the tech entrepreneurship world, advising startups. I, I think I wrote seven business plans total during my time in college, um, two of them for businesses that I started at that time. And uh, and so, yeah, I have kind of a wide range of, uh, of kind of Web2 tech startups. Um, and I started watching crypto in uh, 2017. And uh, and then, yeah, you know, when uh, when Definity had their big Genesis main launch event uh, that was just live streaming out of YouTube, I, uh, I got a notification on my phone. And I remember it was a Sunday. Uh, my, my kids and my wife were asleep. And uh, I just spent three hours the whole like the whole rest of the day watching this live stream. I did not plan for it. It's just it's just it really it captivated me. I was like, no way that's going to be like this. And I realized that, like, even if this wasn't the exact network that was going to bring apart the change and like unlock the promise that Web3 represents in the world, it would have to be something nearly identical to this. So it's it's got to be something that I want to be a part of. Um, and so I, I got involved with the ecosystem right away. I uh, I, I wrote a, uh, an article that uh, that got a little bit of traction on um, on Discover, which was one of the earliest like social media platforms in in ICP. And then from there, I, I, I made a friend who, who ran like a kind of like a, a media um, publication for the ecosystem. And he's like, I want to do an NFT project. And I said, I don't really like most NFT projects. I don't think that scarcity should be the only value. What, what if there's an NFT project that could you know, take things further now that we have this new tech? And so I got involved with a project called D-Squad, some of the OGs in the ecosystem I might remember. Um, that's my PFP in the background. Um, and then I, I created... Uh, 
the NNS proposal submission DAP. So that was the first up way for people to uh, to submit proposals to the governance system of ICP without having to use the command line and code. Um, I did that as part of like a grant from Definity, and then I, I got another grant from Definity to invent Intago, which is a, a proof of physical ownership protocol. So like binding real world objects to um, to digital ones. And so you can see this is a conference tag. The proof of attendance NFT for the conference, you have to physically scan this tag to control its transfer function, to control what wallet holds it. So like that's a neat little thing. That's um, fascinating. I'd love to talk more about that a little bit later as well if we have some oh, time. Yeah. That's a unique concept. Uh, sorry, carry on. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, and it, it was just me like having fun, and I'm not that good of a dev. I'm I'm I uh, I'm self-taught. I've never really worked as a dev um, professionally, but uh, as a self-taught kind of mediocre dev, in two weeks I was able to invent that. So it just shows the power of the IC. But uh, but then uh, January first of last year, I joined Code State, um, and that's really changed my life. It's been an incredible journey. I came from you know kind of this, uh, you know, pretty much like like most of the audience is like a community member. That's where I really shifted. Uh, my role within the ecosystem to, to to getting more involved and learning about like like how VCs think and and how what the VC world looks like. So it's all new to me too, and I'll just love to kind of share that journey. I think that's the topic of this, and and so I can kind of uh, go into that in more detail. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been really life changing and, and just wonderful. Like this conference tag is from the first conference for ICP's ecosystem, and I got to organize this. So I was the one organizer for the very first conference we had 150 people in the heart a guitar chip building in, in miami it was it was a huge career highlight so you know icp has given me it's changed my life it's given um it's given me so much and uh yeah just i, I work within it full time um i'm now uh i went from marketing lead uh, and then halfway through last year i became venture lead which is basically a title i made up uh but i just kind of coordinate all the venture leads so code and state has um like like teams that focus on different ventures and i and i i kind of run it i kind of coordinate it all so it's been it's been quite a journey and i think at this point it probably makes sense for me to describe what code state is uh yeah actually earlier. maybe before we we jump into code and state specifics i want to rewind sure. a, a little bit to uh where you said you you were watching the genesis event and you kind of got captivated by icp now there's as you know you know thousands of different blockchains with different things what was it about that particular event that you found so captivating and so differentiating from anything else? Like what drew you into that so deeply? Well, it's Dom's incredible vision for what he ironically calls a world computer, but what I think would be more accurately called like a decentralized internet. Um, you, you know, like we, it's a, it's a, it's an entirely different vision than the original, um, you know, the, the original visions in uh, crypto. That's why it's called a Gen 3 blockchain. So you've got Bitcoin, which is let's decentralize money. And that kind of came out of the whole 2008 financial collapse when people got annoyed by banks just printing value out of thin air, giving it to elites and then calling it a day. So let's decentralize like like money and, and tradable value. And then uh, Ethereum, let's make a world computer. Kind of the like, I love Ethereum. I think it's, it's got long-term legs. I'm not criticizing it at all. But the vision of a world computer it's about as limiting as you would think because you have hundreds of thousands of people sharing the same computer, right? So like, like it's about as efficient as you imagine a bunch of people sharing a computer would be, right? It's just one log of everything. It's just, it's not going to be, it's, it's a good backbone, but you, you know, you don't host front ends on ETH. That's not what it's designed for. It's, it's not, it was, it's missing more. And when I saw ICP, I, I felt like I found what Web3 was missing, this, this glue designed to basically be, a bunch of private professional clouds uh, 
organized together into one decentralized network, which is just a whole different design case, a whole different way of thinking. And I think some people misunderstand what ICP is when they approach it from an EVM, Ethereum mindset, because like the words like decentralization and consensus, it just means different things because uh, it's a whole it's a whole nother animal. But but I like to think of it as, as AWS without Jeff Bezos almost, kind of like, um, like, like one of the key problems fundamental to crypto has been a limitation of the hardware. And I think in the beginning, it started off, if we have cheap hardware um, then, and that anybody can afford, well, then it'll be really decentralized, right? Well, that's not necessarily the case because, I mean, do you know how much money it takes to become cash flow positive if you want to start a Bitcoin mining operation? It takes a lot of cash and it takes, now it's like specialized chips made just for that, right? And even with Ethereum and, and proof of stake. And, and so like, like, we're kind of solving a hardware problem by saying, yes, we need enterprise grade equipment in a data center, just like Amazon has, because there would never be any decentralized protocol that could compete with Amazon's like hardware, unless we find a way to use that same hardware to, in a decentralized network. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you decentralize private data centers and, and private clouds? And it turns out there's, there's uh, hundreds of thousands of private data center providers all over the world. It's not, yes, like three companies own most of the market share, but there's a lot of them and ICP is basically finding a way to change the relationship between node provider and the protocol, hitting the token holders truly in control, taking power away from a node provider, redefining what a node provider mm -hmm. is and making them just like, like you talked about with Kyle, they're just a vendor, right? Yeah. And, uh, and in fact, the cost to become a node provider on ICP is actually like to be a cash flow positive node provider is, is less than if you wanted to do it for um, Ethereum or Bitcoin um, because of the volume need with Ethereum and Bitcoin for their consensus and everything. Um, so I think it all, it, it works out well and, and we're able to have this, this really uh, performant network that can host front ends that can interact with other smart contracts on, directly on other networks as if it's a user. Like I just can't think of a better way to blend things like, like not having to make a bridge on that side just go to it and do and have a decentralized actor that does whatever you need to happen on that side. Like that's, that's the kind of thing that as I saw that coming up, in fact, that piece of it, I wasn't even sure if it would ever be possible when I first saw the Genesis event, because you just, that was a roadmap item that sounded really like, like that. Uh, can anyone really pull that off? I don't really know. But like, I knew that they had enough of the network that was going to go live to be excited. Um, and then now like, like those features are live, you, we can have direct integration with Bitcoin and they're almost finished with the Ethereum one. And I didn't, I didn't even know they were going to do Solana until recently. Um, and at that point you've got really the glue that Web3 has been missing ever since it's the, the vision for it was start first uh, being started. Yeah, that's awesome. I can I can feel the passion coming through, even through the camera here. Uh, we've got you know Jeremy as well. He's saying you know thank you so much for all the big contributions that you've made to ICP. Uh, you know another ICP community member, uh, and Drew uh, appreciating the way that you so clearly explained the the difference um, and what drew you to ICP. So let's jump into Code and State and tell us a bit about what what is Code and State um, and yeah how does how does it fit into the world of ICP? Great. Yeah. So Code and State is. Um... It has two founders. The, the first founder, his name is Cedric Waldberger, and he's my boss, and he is a cool guy, <laughs> basically. Um, he's uh, He's been a VC for 15 years now, but he's only like 35. He started his career as an entrepreneur at 14 years old. He started coding and, and launching companies at 14 years old. Absolute genius to work with, incredible guy. He, he actually holds a world record for most countries visited in 24 hours. He has a whole video about it. It's a really interesting YouTube. <laughs> what um, is the record out of interest? 35, I think. 
something like that. Like like sure. over thirty. They're over thirty. He had to have, have like like uh, this whole. It took him a year to plan. Um, but anyway, so he's he's an absolute machine. Incredible work ethic. Really smart. What he was one of the earliest people brought into ICP. So um, Dominic Williams, the founder, um, and him were knew, knew each other, and he was actually a founding board member of Definity. And then uh, about a year before Genesis release, uh, Cedric, he likes small, nimble teams. And Definity was getting to about a couple hundred people. So he decided to, to leave and start Tomahawk VC. And they invested in a lot of the earliest big projects like uh, Discover, I think was one of them. And they, they have a few other investments. Um, and uh, as he was getting involved, kind of building on the commercial side, like, like, like Definity is an amazing job as a foundation building the, the protocol and growing the ecosystem. And he wanted to kind of contribute to the VC side, like the like the like the commercial side. Um, he realized that you know we're in an emerging industry, and there's still so many roadblocks and barriers to building. Uh, it's hard enough to build in Web three, and then ICP like like EVM tool sets and stuff just don't translate whatsoever. So it's a completely new landscape, and builders need help. So that's when he started thinking that maybe a, vert, a venture venture studio model would work. He partnered with another VC friend of his named Artia, who was the general manager of Affinity up until Genesis. And uh, together, they they got their friends together. They did a race. They started Code State. And then about three or four months later, they hired me. Um, and so what Code State is as, as a venture studio, because I know that's a confusing word, um, basically, it's an alternative to pre-seed funding. So with pre-seed funding, you're like, here's a couple hundred thousand dollars for 20% equity. Uh, but it's on the founder to do everything. Uh, uh, Adventure Studio is more hands-on. It's it's basically we're going to cover we're going to give you a salary as a founder and cover all of your costs for one to two years and help you with marketing and help you with uh, UI UX with, with legal setup. Um, to basically, you're going to be like incubated as part of our portfolio for one to two years, and then you leave after that, and we keep twenty percent equity. So it's it, it's it's a better fit for a brand new ecosystem where there's a lot of building blocks missing. Is that closer to maybe like a Y Combinator type model back from the, the Web2 world? Uh, a little bit. So Y Combinator, it kind of, it throws a bunch of founders through a more a more structured and rigid short-term program of like, like I forget how long, maybe three to six months. Um, and then so it, kind of see what sticks. Um, and, and in our case, we're going to be pretty picky and only take like maybe three, four ventures max per year. And it's going to be very bespoke and pretty much mm -hmm. like direct counseling and like whatever you need. And that's why I say like one to two years. It's not like a set program. It's more of like, like being part of our portfolio. Um, and speaking of our portfolio, we spent last year um, mainly focusing on building our own internal ventures to fill gaps within the ecosystem. So when we started last year, you couldn't really find talent to build on ICP. Um, it was hard to learn about how to build to begin with. Um, and then if you did build anything DeFi, there's no auditing firms whatsoever. Um, and so we built Solid State, the first auditing um, firm that's ICP native. And uh, we're doing the audit for IC Dex right now. And we did the audit for Sonic a little while back. Um, and uh, I still run that one mostly myself personally with uh, with, with incredible auditors like the uh, like David Alves, who created, he actually led the teams at Definity who created the NNS and the SNS. Um, and then uh, we have TalentDB, which is the first talent agency focused on um, uh, on ICP. And Ben Papernick in the chat, that's him. He leads it. He's got 15 years of uh, technical talent re recruiting expertise. He's been great. And uh, man, within the first two, three months of him joining the team, everybody in ICP knew who he was. He's got great hustle. <laughs> Going to say um, hi to Ben. <laughs> yeah, say hi to um, And then we've got uh, uh, Matoka Bootcamp. It's a free um, one-week course and very soon to be online 
at your own pace course um, that teaches you how to go from not knowing anything to deploying a DAO on ICP, a custom coded DAO that controls the code of another smart contract. Um, we, we had over 300 graduates last year and probably like two or 3,000 participants last year. And we're getting the graduation, we're making it easier to make the graduation rate a lot better, but it's completely free. Boot camps every single month, I think workshops every single week. And uh, Seb and I started the first one as community members, I think, uh, gosh, several years ago. And then it became a code and state venture after that. Um, and then ICPCC, which I have some really great out, you know, news to share and information to share about that that hasn't even been announced yet. Um, but that's the, the conference. And that's where we had the last one in Miami in May um, of last year. And we have the next one. Uh, it's going to be global. And it's, we can definitely dive into that a bit later. But it's going to be a May 10th and lots of exciting things to do there. So, it, you know, we've got the conference to kind of spread the ecosystem and excitement and, and, and showcase our builders within the ICP. We've got the talent agency, the, the education and the, the auditing. So we kind of feel like we've built some good missing building blocks last year. And, and yeah, this year, um, there's a couple of teams we're talking to and, and the accelerator start parts side of everything is going to start picking up. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'd love to uh, perhaps ask a, a difficult question that I know, you know, we're in the crypto world. Often um, veg capitalists have a bad name. Uh, we've seen a, a lot of situations where venture capitalists are more extractive of value from the ecosystem than actually providing it. Uh, and, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the perception or the reality uh, around that um, and how you're, you're moving at Code and State to perhaps be different from that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it's that's something that can definitely be done right and, and also be done poorly. And there are projects that are We've all seen projects in Web3 that, that definitely feel a bit more like cash grabs than about really trying to provide the value. I think that um, part, part of it has to be in, in kind of the prospectus, like, like what the VC is looking for and, um, and kind of like, like, like what are their ultimate goals for their ultimate partners. So like uh, for Code and State, our ultimate partners are other node providers and, and, and VCs that wanted to invest in kind of... Um, and kind of get like a broad exposure to the ecosystem. So our, our goal is not like, like it's defined as um, projects that make it easy to build and earn on IC. And what that means is we want to build the projects that maybe aren't the ones that you hear about, but they're the ones that are needed by the ones you hear about. So like the, the lower level stuff, like the dev tooling, the, uh, the DeFi primitives, those kinds of things, the kind of the overall ecosystem boosting utility focused stuff. Um, and, and so you, you, you basically will never see code and state associated with something that, that seems like a, like a pump and dump, because it's just literally completely outside of our perspective. We've, and, you know, every investor also has preferences. Like some are more comfortable with certain uh, industries like gaming, for example, DeFi gaming. Um, that's just not something Cedric's familiar with or, or RTS. So like, we, we just don't invest in game tokens, nothing against them. We think they're important. We'd love to help them find talent or, you know, have audits if they need it or whatever, um, through our other venture arms. But, um, but you know, it's just not going to be part of the incubator because because we want to specialize and focus on on the areas that make sense for the VC. Um, and you know, one thing I didn't know that's interesting is, um, like the the way when a VC invests, so like equity is separate from tokens. And I was always kind of curious, like how exactly does that happen? And sometimes you see token launches where the team has an allocation and it says like this vague other allocation for like private early investors or whatever. Um, but yeah, the way, the kind of the proper way and the way that we're going to, we have it set up is that uh, essentially the equity that we take, that if we take 20% equity of a company that would, 
uh, on a token warrant, it typically would translate to that same percentage of the team allocation. So it doesn't mean we get 20% mm -hmm. of like the, the overall tokenomics or share. It means we get, like if the team gets um, you know, a certain percentage, we will get 20% of that team's share as part of the team. What's in my mind, like makes a lot more sense and, and, and makes things fair. And, and token warrants always are a little bit different here and there, but but I mean we're I think the difference here too is is we're we're here specifically because we love this ecosystem and the founders have been part of from the very beginning. We we, we see Dom's vision, we and we want to be part of of helping the commercial layer, the, the commercial players build and grow on top of it. Because at the end of the day, um, Web three needs to get useful, and we need to get useful fast. And this this protocol needs to 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 be become you know used by for-profit entities that are making money so that we can really be sustainable as protocol. Um, well, let's so dive in a little bit deeper to that because one thing we we're talking about um, before the show was this idea of uh, the industry Web3 in general that needs to get serious, it needs to create real-world value, it needs to mature. Um, perhaps if you could talk a bit about like where do you see Web3 right now on that path of maturity and what does it take to get us to the point that we're, we're Funding and building real businesses that aren't dependent on you know ponzinomics from a token. Yeah, I mean, the harsh reality is most for most of Web three's history, or really, I probably still up to this point. Um, it's it's kind of just a, a casino uh, because you've got a bunch of VC money that feeds into it, and just and just retail money. Actually, retail money exceeds the VC money, right? Uh, but a lot of money is, is, exceeds into it and it kind of get mixed up and there's winners and losers, but like what real world value comes out of it for the most part. And, um, and, and there, I think there are projects, but, but unfortunately there's still, most of them are too few and far between and there are entire are there some today where you would point to and say, okay, that's an example of real world value that's being built today by a project. Um, I think that the tokenization of carbon credits is really interesting because it liquidizes something uh, kind of and kind of a uh, an interesting concept. I think that there's, as you can see from from this, I think that there's a really interesting digital applications. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, I mean, I, I think Ethereum itself is a useful thing and and that is able to record things in a very shared and, and immutable way. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of, of projects that are going to be like a fundamental piece of an industry. And a lot of the, the corporate partnerships, uh, at least to me, still feel like they're mostly marketing things where they're just trying to get uh, a bunch of people who are familiar with this token excited to use that corporate product, right? As, as not, not like a pivotal part of the operations that, that is irreplaceable <laughs> how that corporation functions, right? This was a sad realization for me when I was working at my first crypto company because uh, I'm used to building product, right? And um, yeah. our, our, our marketing team would say, we're doing a partnership with company XYZ. I'm like, what are we actually doing? They're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll figure that out later. We're just going to announce that we're in a partnership. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. a, lot of vague, a lot of vague partnerships. And, and to be honest, most of it has been for very pragmatic reasons because... Uh, because it's expensive to work with blockchains, because it's cumbersome, because it, it doesn't, uh, uh, like the, the requirements for just holding a wallet are too harsh, the requirements for having users onboard into something, like you don't want, if, if you're a corporation with a bunch of people used to Web2, you you're not gonna teach them all uh, what seed phrases are to like onboard them onto like some platform they're not familiar with. Um, and, and I think the problem is like, like we have the right, the ideology, but you can't like the ideology, uh, it, it's kind of, you can't just tack it onto something 
with a lot of inefficiency and expect that thing to work, right? You can't just be like, here's a, a, a lot more expensive and slower version of this, except you, you should really believe in decentralization and that's what makes this possible. It's like the rest of the market's like, okay, well, tell me when I can actually compete with what I'm using now. Um, and I think that, you know, like this is why I'm part of Adventure Studio in this ecosystem is because I feel like ICP kind of has pragmatic answers to that for the first time. Like, like this, to my knowledge, is is, is a, as an example like this is a, a physical product that's able to hold a key such that no human can retrieve that key we now have the very first network in human history that's able to create and use keys with with no human able to extract the private keys and now connecting the two we have physical objects that can be bound with digital identities so like gucci shoes that you know for a fact cryptographically they must own those in person or else they will not be able to wear those gucci shoes in the metaverse like like that's an interesting trait that's only possible with the internet computer because you have canisters that are able to be accessed by HTTP directly and things like that. Um, and uh, so I think that this is going to be the ecosystem that finally gives uh, Web3 its real world use cases, that finally makes um, products and services that are more competitive than the Web2 alternative and able to do things that haven't been done before. And I've spent a lot of time thinking like, is our market more going into the integrations with other networks? Is it going to be with, with like Web2 industries that we try to disrupt? And one of the, in, the thoughts I've had as well has been, you know, I think that one of the core offerings at the very end of the day of Web3 itself is this idea of ownership. And, and Web3 represents a new form of ownership, right? Maybe it's not selling a Web2 company, um, some, a product built on Web3, because Web3's product would be re replacing the owners mm. of that, like, like, like maybe it's augmenting the ownership and the controls of an existing business entity. Like, how do you sell an owner on his own replacement? Maybe, you know, so it's, it's more like, maybe you won't be able to sell a uh, insurance uh, tool to an existing insurance provider, but maybe somebody will create the first insurance company, legitimate normal insurance company that started with a Web3 first mindset where they just have lower operational costs and their and, and their customers' acquisition costs is lower because people know they cryptographically can't cheat them as much and they just become more competitive in the marketplace compared to the alternatives so that other people are forced to adopt crypto. Like that might be more of that dynamic of how this Web3 shift starts to really get into like impact in the real world. I even joke, like what if somebody started a laundromat with a DAO? Like I, I know that's silly, but like, like what if there's a boring business that was just made a little bit better because it was started from a web mindset from the very beginning. So those are kinds of fun conversations that, that we have. Yeah, and it's interesting now. to see kind of the evolution, like just taking banks as an example, <clears throat> going from, you know, physical locations to you have a bank on a website, but there's still like a bunch of code in the database, et cetera, that needs to run to a bank on Web3, where really it's a smart contract that's running on the network and you don't even need a, a lot of the, the other aspects there. Um, so it's interesting to see that evolution. Uh, we have a comment here from, from Drew, Drew specifically about, you know, the idea that uh, gaming itself can take advantage of real world items that you can, you can use. Uh, one of the things I've heard now for years is that uh, NFTs and some of that technology is going to revolutionize gaming. Is that actually possibly going to happen? And the reason I'm skeptical is a lot of the companies that are creating these AAA games, they seem to want to own all the benefits of that entire ecosystem. And so the idea that they would give up ownership to your earlier point seems an antithetical to um, the, the the goal of, of you know, what they're trying to do with their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, 
it's funny. We, it's kind of related. Uh, and, and it actually just kind of came to this realization recently. So I, I was working on some tokenomic stuff. And, um, and in fact, uh, one of the founders of Cone State mentioned to me that the reason uh, token launches in general have been um, kind of a, a use case for like a, more, a legitimate use case for Web3 as a whole is because as a company, you, you sell your equity, but now you've got this whole new category that's not equity that you can also sell that kind of makes the whole mm -hmm. pie bigger, right? Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's be more of like that, that. I think there are some brands that have kind of seen that when it comes to gaming. Um, gaming is not like my field or my specialty in, in particular, but I, I do think there's room for it. Nobody's figured it out yet. Um, but like an example would be a, a company called Psychedelic launched on um, on ICB first, but now they're doing their own thing. Anyways, they have a game, a Web3 game where there's a real treasure and it's a real treasure hunt with a bunch of pirates. And you go and find this actual treasure that's like a, a certain amount of Bitcoin or something, like an actual real amount of money that's in this virtual world that like, like legitimately no one might know where it is exactly. Um, so like there's certain certain cool trust uh, and, and, and game theory type things that could be experimented with. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think the gaming is definitely going to be something that, um, that there's potential in, and uh, I'm just curious to see how it takes shape myself. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What's your perspective on multi-chain? So I know you, you mentioned, you know, ICP does a, a bunch of things differently than perhaps Ethereum and other chains. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, are we going to be in a world where we have 100 chains in 10 years still? We have an Ethereum and a Solana and a Cardano and ICP and et cetera, et cetera. Or do you think a lot of that will converge into just one or two winners for the use cases that you have? I mean, I think there will be some forms of consolidation. Um, but when you look at, like, because like, I've been a Web2 developer, too, um, and, uh, and and actually had a web uh, a, a web design and digital marketing company at one point, and um, there's so many backend technologies that no most normal people don't know about. Um, but like, there's a company called uh, there's a website called BuildWith. If you go to buildwith.com, you type in any website URL, it'll tell you all the technologies behind the scenes that are being used. Um, they're just not made, you know, like the user doesn't know, right? I think that Web three is going to become yeah. more like that. I think there's going to be it's going to feel, look and feel like the normal web, but behind the scenes, different mm -hmm. blockchains and things are being automated across it. I, I don't think people are going to be like spending three hours of their day going from bridge to bridge to bridge to like do a simple thing. Like all of that needs to be abstracted away from the user experience. And and really that that's that's what I love about ICP is that you you have, there was a, uh, it was even a criticism you brought up in your, your talk with, with Kyle. You said, I started looking into this, but it didn't feel Web3 enough. Like, like, that's the thing. I want someone, I want my grandma to use the service, log in with Google, and not even know she's on Web3 the entire time, but the whole thing is decentralized. Um, and like certain trust things that would not be possible in Web2 can be possible there. And people don't really know how it works, but it just, it, it, it the, but it, you know, it, it's kept it accountable by the people who do know how it works and it, and it does. Like, that's how Web3 is going to change. It's going to basically sneakily invade stuff without even people even realizing it. And, and, and there will be multiple chains because they all have different uses and, 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 and pros and cons. But, but yeah, there, there, there'll be some calls, consolidation uh, and, and technological dead ends, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do love the idea that you can treat blockchains essentially as a low level API and build something on top of it. That seems very valuable to me and uh, a future where we could see mass adoption. 
Exactly. And you just need something that's itself is decentralized that can be that trusted glue. Otherwise it's done on AWS. So like, like, cause technically you could probably do all of this with like, uh, like AWS automations. The problem is somebody has the keys and mm. Jeff Bezos controls uh, its liveness. So like, like ICP basically like makes that not true so that it can serve as that glue. Yeah, the conversation I was having yesterday with someone from the Monero community um, trying to talk about, you know, great, we have money and maybe we have private money, but what are the scenarios beyond that that depend on decentralization for freedom? And I think you bring up a great example. Like if Amazon has the keys, effectively, they can shut you off if they don't like whatever you're doing. Um, and some yeah. of those things you're doing could be good for society as a whole, um, just against their views. Um, we've got a question here from, from Nathan. Actually, we've got two questions from Nathan, but I think this one's kind of more in the flow of what we're talking about is, what is the biggest hurdle for developers joining the internet computer eco ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the the, the the first one is is just learning about like how to how to build on the ecosystem. We, we are trying to do our um, our best to address that. So um, I think before the end of the month, hopefully, we'll be launching something called uh, DAO Adventure, where it'd be a complete complete end to end version of a Toka bootcamp with videos all along the way that take you through learning everything you need to know for for this that specific project, and you get like a little diploma at the end of it and um, it's, it's, it'd be completely free and self-paced and all of that. So, um, and, and there are, it, it is getting better. It was a lot better than a couple years ago, but I think that's still generally one of the barriers is it, it is such a different animal. A lot of previous things don't apply. It's, it's completely different than building on Ethereum, for example. Um, in my opinion, it's better. There are things that I know how to do with ICP. I wouldn't actually know how to do on Web2 or Ethereum. That, that it's just because I, I just know ICP better at this point, but like, um, you don't have to hook up a bunch of different services like in web two, and you don't have to, uh, worry about things like Gatsby automation and getting it all perfect from the first deployment, like on Ethereum. Um, but that, but yeah, so, so kind of like the onboarding and learning. The second one is, is unfortunately kind of a broad problem in web three, which is legal. Um, so like I've talked to a lot of, uh, developers in the U S who would love to launch an SNS. It's an incredible technology, but they, as U S citizens, they don't feel safe doing it. Um, and like, I can't even serve as a, a board member for an SNS DAO or anything like that. It, it removes options for me because I just happen to live in the U.S. So, and it's not just based on around the U.S. The U.S. regulators will go after people in any jurisdiction. And they're, they're frankly, the SEC is holding back the entire industry. Um, and it just adds so much ambiguity and, 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 and a need for a certain amount of risk tolerance that frankly, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it creates barriers to all kinds of business models people would like to try like whether it's tokenizing real estate or whatnot. I think it's very valid that, that you point that out and perhaps, you know, referencing back to your idea of a venture studio that does have legal involvement as well. So you can get some of that advice, some of that support for what shouldn't be the trickiest challenge. But I think for us in the US is definitely one of the trickiest challenges. Exactly. Yeah. And like the code state ourselves, we have a, a Cayman's holding entity and a, and a Dubai operating entity. And the one in Dubai is like, literally it's on a boat that's off the coast. And like, <laughs> I don't know. We had like, I like that's, that's RTS domain and he understands it. So like, like that's, that's a, a great expertise to be able to bring is like, here's the right lawyers to talk to for the right types of protections for forming entities that are safe. Um, Cedric's also on the board for liquidity protocol, you know, the big lending protocol. So like he's had to, to deal with a lot of these types of things, because I mean, they're a stable coin and it's fully decentralized stable coins. So that's immutable. So like they've been kind of at the forefront of answering some of these questions. So 
Yeah, so yeah, um, and uh, and then user experience, I guess, could be a third thing um, that's been hard for Web3, but I think that's where I see people shine. Um, there are some technological constraints. I'll kind of fit that under education, though, but I think it's just like sometimes with a new technology, like it, like security is a big thing. Like like this, and I, put, I kind of put a cryptic tweet out recently about security on the IC. I think that a DeFi hack on IC won't even look like a type of DeFi hack that anyone's seen in Web3 before. Um, because it's just like DeFi on IC is a, is a completely different animal behind the scenes. It just functions differently, right? Um, so. Yeah, and I guess that's good and bad, right? Because we'll, we'll discover uh, hacks that we hadn't thought of before, that we haven't seen and prepared for on Ethereum, um, but also that those hacks that they have on Ethereum won't necessarily be as effective. Yeah, it's just like a new frontier. Like any new frontier, there's always going to be, you know, some risk involved. Um, one question that I want to go back, it was early on. It says, uh, Nathan asked, does Isaac have a Matoko ghost? And the answer is yes, of course I have a Matoko ghost. I got one of the, I was one of the airdrop recipients in the very beginning and I bought a second one and I think I had already sold it. Um, so I think I only have one now, unfortunately. And uh, man, it's the price has gone up like crazy, but I'm gonna hold of course. <laughs> yeah, I have so many NFTs that the price went up like crazy and I held and then the price went down like crazy and I held and yeah. here we are. I like to try to get two so that I feel like I can sell one and not be out of it. You know, it's hard with NFTs yeah. though. So they're, yeah, they're, no, like, they're expensive now. <laughs> I think it's a good approach. Uh, yeah. If I, if I would tell my previous self what to do, I would do it all differently. Yeah. Um, we've got a comment in Italian here. Uh, ciao. Um, I don't speak Italian, but Google Translate does. Um, <laughs> yes, I am the person who put ICP at the bottom of my tier list. Uh, you can see my conversation that I had with Kyle and then my reevaluation of that tier list if you're curious. So, um, it, you know, I am definitely open to having conversations. That's one of the reasons I'm having a conversation with Isaac and getting to learn a bit more about his approach. Uh, Nathan is saying ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, let's dive in a little bit more to, to that question, because I think, as you, you mentioned, like getting started onboarding developers, uh, you know, Matoko is the, the, the native frameworks that need to be used, but can developers bring their existing skills, whether they be Java, Rust, C++, to come and build some of these dApps on ICP, or is that a completely different world? You're kind of starting from scratch. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're, uh, so, so Rust is, is a, it's kind of like a subset of coding, like, brave coders take on rust and they either love it or hate it and it's it's hard for like other, for like other people to read your code but it's it's like a brilliant language in a lot of ways so like if you're really proficient with rust definitely use rust and that's i think most of what affinity is built on the ic has been on rust if you're uh matoko yeah scott summers has said matoko is just easy like it, it already it looks and feels like javascript is already another easy language uh, so it'd be familiar to a lot of people and it was designed specifically for the IC. So it's just, uh, that's why it's called Matoka Bootcamp. We will eventually expand to other languages, but like, it's just a great starting point, especially for people who are fresh to coding in general. Um, and then because it's a great work at, uh, at the Merchant Labs um, by uh, my friend uh, Jordan Last, uh, we now have JavaScript and, and, or more exactly TypeScript and Python available to build on the IC. And so that adds accessibility with those SDKs as well. But, but even when you, like, like the coding language is kind of one piece of the puzzle. The other piece is the overall approach. Like, like when you're coding a, a canister, there's just different considerations to take into account. And like, if you're doing a complex application, like, uh, like with multiple canisters, it's just a different type of architecture 
right? So even though you might know the right language to speak, it doesn't mean you know the right words to say. Um, so it, it's 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 a it's a different animal in terms of, of that, right? And like like the way you approach things, which was a big shift in Web three when Solidity was introduced and, and when that whole when all of, all of the logic decentralized logic uh, came into play. And we saw that at first it was is a big barrier, and now it's really it's it's gotten a lot of momentum, right? It's gonna it's gonna be the same with the IC. It's just uh like an, any new coding mindset is a big barrier at first, but but ultimately, I mean, I personally and a lot of people have said once they dig into it, um, it's easier than building on Web two or Solidity, and it, it's uh, I mean, the fact that we have a program where you can build it down a week at all is a huge testament. You can't do that on any other technology. And, uh, and, you know, it's generally friendly. Like I just, you just hit the ploy and it just works and it's live everywhere. You don't have to like hook up a hosting provider. You don't have to hook up like, like SSL. You don't have to hook up CDNs. You don't have to, like a lot of it's done out of the box. So it's, 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 it's frankly, it's a dream to build on once you get used to it. It's just a different thing to get used to. How do you bridge the, the kind of the DNS uh, website address with all of the decentralized stuff? I know that's one of the problems that uh, domains like uh, ENS or unstoppable domains, they don't tend to work in a web browser. So you have to go back to a web two domain. How does that work in ICP? Like, is there a concept of a decentralized domain? Yeah. So, I mean, the internet itself is a legacy tech that was designed with its own design considerations. Um, and so if you look at like what ICANN works with, and this is actually hilarious because I didn't know this until I was looking into it myself recently. There is something called a key signing party by ICANN or like one of their, I think, ICA or whatever. But basically, a huge important uh, security component of the, in the entire internet um, it, it is based off of these keys that these people sign in a physical ceremony once every three months. And they have like a video recording on the wall and they have like 12 different people and like an agenda and like like they have this vault and they'd like go through this whole like two or three hour long physical in-person ceremony to like secure the web, the internet itself. Like, like, like it's, it's like how, um, uh, what, what component is it? It's something like how SSL works or something critical like that. Um, so it's like the internet's like old technology behind the scenes. Most people don't <laughs> even know about I think I tweeted about it a while back. You could see the video of these, these people like going through printed papers and like, like doing all this, 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 this whole like ceremony, right. Um, to secure the web. So like DNS is a, is a problem. Um, when you launch a canister, it generates uh, a URL for you. Um, and uh, like, like, like you can then, uh, if you make an alternative centralized URL, so you can go buy a domain and hook it up so that your adapt will work at isaacvalides.com, for example, but behind the scenes, it's still, it's still being served out of that canister. Uh, or the, the, and the canister will always have its direct, you know, jumble of letters at ico.app or whatever. Um, I think we had a problem in the past where somehow the there was a .io domain, like ico.io, and it got flagged um, by, uh, it, it got flagged on what list? Um, like an ICANN list or something like that. And so if you were sharing the URL over social or whatever, it was like blocking it. And then they had to switch to a dot app. Um, so yeah, it's still a weak point of IC. It's a weak point of the internet itself, and it, and it's going to be it's a problem. I mean, it's it's it kind of it is what it is. And and the, the kind of like creating a decentralized uh, DNS server could actually be doable 
uh, on ICP. I, the ICP doesn't need the internet itself. Like it can still it be able to work. Um, and maybe that will be something that someone does someday. The problem is how do you get adoption of it? And how do you make all the major browsers like start using it? That's really all what it comes down to is like, like getting all the major browser people on board. Um, and then there's other, I think there's other gaps in crypto, like, like take the hardware itself. Like everything needs hardware to run. And most of it is made out of like all IC chips are made out of like one location in Taiwan. And like, I think there's one other location. So like there's centralization problems in a whole stack of just any type of digital tech, but, but yeah, DNS is one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate your, your thoughtfulness about where the centralization is um, through all of this. Uh, and, you know, I know we're focused on talking about entrepreneurship and Web3. A lot of the folks on, on my audience are still new to ICP. So you might get uh, some questions like this one from Rollo, who's asking, um, how do you describe the similarities between ICP and Filecoin, other systems like uh, Filecoin or Arweave? And the differences between the two, um, there might just be a helpful grounding for a few folks who maybe aren't as familiar with ICP as as you are. Yeah, and some of these I might not be qualified to answer because, like, I might know some things about the ICP end of it, but like, I'm not I'm not like super crazy versed in um, Airweave. I have looked into it a little bit, and I know like for Airweave, for example, um, it's like permanent storage, or, or some somehow they economically believe that you pay once and it's the storage was last forever, which it seemed interesting um, for sure. And I think that, uh, and yeah, Filecoin I've seen around. I mean, I think that there are different types of storage and that there can still be valid use cases for them. Um, the ICP approach to it is it's very similar to like hosting on a normal web where the developer pays a fee and um, and you basically have to keep some amount of activity on there. I, I'm pretty sure a canister would disappear after a certain time limit, like, uh, was it six months or something? Um, and and there are ways to keep it running. There are now tools to like keep it uh, permanent. But like at the end of the day, some physical device somewhere is storing that data, and there's electricity going into that device, and so something has to be paid. So it's it's pretty inexpensive on ICP, um, and it kind of follows like a more traditional like 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 hosting cost format and everything like that. Um, and uh, and and the storage is a great use case, but I, I still feel like ICP is benefit is kind of the holisticness of being able to have complex data models and compute and um, you know a lot of other things based around that storage whereas the other solutions you mentioned pretty much just focus on storage and like I said it's the glue of web3 it's not necessarily a replacement so like I could definitely see a situation where maybe they'll use Airweave or Filecoin for some some you know when it would make sense for their use case uh, as part of a ICP DAP right and then the keys for controlling stuff is is, is a decentralized IC actor. Awesome, thank you. Now that, that's a good explanation. Um, we've got a question here from Archetypal who's asking a bit about ping-dependent applications. So talking about first-person shooters or MOBAs, um, is that something that the internet computer can actually have feasible lat uh, latency that's, that's low enough to be able to support those kind of applications? And I guess this gets into, uh, you know, as we look at, at venture and the kind of people who would want to build an ICP, like how broad and aggressive can they be in their requirements for compute power? Yeah, so this is an interesting problem um, that I've seen different uh, people kind of approach. Um, like the IC's current latency, I, I believe it's like it's like two seconds. So it, like, a, like a second to get to the network and then it does the processing a second to get back, um, which is great in terms of crypto, but not great if you'd want like a first person shooter, like two seconds to like can be a big, <laughs> A big problem, right? It might give um, me a chance to play the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
and uh, yeah, it, like like it's it is generally a, a like a big problem um, across Web three. It's just been the latency. People say this is a Web three game, and then when you look at what parts of it are actually Web three, you can end up being very few. So a, a few approaches. Cause I, I actually have looked into this recently. Um, the most interesting. I'll start with the most interesting use case I've seen. Two seconds is a lot, but not a crazy amount. It's not like like three minutes or whatever, or two minutes like other blockchains. I saw somebody build a, a Fortnite, like a 2D Fortnite clone, where the two-second delay was actually a gaming mechanic, where um, where you, you tell your character where you want him to go, and while he's progressing to get there, like based off the delay, um, like that's that's actually like a chess move because everybody else, you don't know where they're going to walk, right? So it's, it's actually like they turned it into a gaming mechanic, which I thought was brilliant and really interesting to see. And it was, you could say, it's a fully decentralized game. Uh, what a lot of people do is they pit logic in the front end that runs on the people's browser and you just update the back end. The problem there is, is you can cheat really easily. People can say that they achieved something and they haven't. BoomDAO is creating a, a framework where you apply the rules and kind of set those in stone to make it easy for Web3 developers to do what they've already been kind of trying to do, but just to get them the tools to do it, which is kind of like, like let's say you're playing Snake, um, you need to... You, you can keep updating the back end without waiting for a response. Just keep updating it. And the back end would hold you accountable to the rules, making sure your snake is not moving too mm -hmm. fast or like showing up, like teleporting um, or eating faster than is possible, things like that. Um, so it's kind of like that relay effect can, it can help with latency. And then I've also talked to a couple of founders who they believe they can actually build a protocol on top of the IC that would that would be like an edge network of sorts to help with the latency. I know actually that Dis Discover and indeed did build their own, um, uh, uh, th there's a, a type of node called like a, a boundary node in the IC. It's where you send an HTTP request before it goes to consensus nodes that they kind of route stuff. They built their own boundary node network. So they were still using the IC network, but, but the interface was their own network. So they were able to get extremely fast latencies, latencies for their um, social network. Um, and then they just actually just bridge their own, their own like ads network with Solana. Uh, so now that's how they're able to be both. Um, and uh, so, you know, there, there's that, there's that kind of solution being developed as well. And like I said, psychedelic, they were part of the ecosystem and they left, they're actually building a, a centralized web three edge network. And that's like their own use case. So some of this could be handled on ICP entirely, and there might be other layers like like advanced mm -hmm. network that are components that other people will build on top. Uh, and like I said, there's a lot of technologies that go into every website you access every single day, and you don't know the name of most of them, right? So like ICP would be AWS, you might have a, a Cloudflare version for the ads network, you might have like Ethereum for the databases that, that need a lot of um, decentralization on certain bits of small data, you know, things like that. Awesome, awesome. And so this leads into, I, I guess, you know, at code and state, uh, what are some of the the kinds of um, builders or the, the kinds of products that you guys are most interested in investing in? Um, you know, what are you looking for for projects that you fund? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we, I mentioned a little bit about the type of projects, um, but but you're mentioning like like founders, what to look for. I think, uh, I, you, you know, we're looking for founders who bring the core pieces of their um of their project to the table um so like like if you're if you're working on something that is like um uh, it's going to be have a really critical and unique legal consideration that's different than just a broad legal consideration then you know the founder of liquidity protocol was actually a lawyer before he 
he started from Web3. That, that's what he did beforehand. Um, so he, as a founder, kind of brought to the table what were going to be the, the core um, values of, of his expertise. Or if you're if you're doing something in a very specific industry, it'd be great if you had some insights. Um, and it really, I think that word insight is what I personally would look for more because um, because like like well ultimately like take AI AI for example, that's what AI is missing. It can give you all kinds of data in all kinds of ways, but it misses insight. What do you know about the market that your competitors don't that are going to let you win? You you've got to have some type of unique insight based off your experience or, or you know something you've done prior. That that's an answer to something. And if you don't have that, if you just want to do the exact same thing, but the centralizing expect for it to work, then then there's going to be a lot going against you. Um, and uh, and really related to that would be some form of mastery. To be good at being a founder, you have to be able to get good at a lot of different things very very fast. It's just inherent to the role. So if you've not if you've not gotten really good at something uh, anything in the past, it's not a good sign, right? Like like if you're somebody who's you know like like uh like one of the guys I like that I talked to, he uh he got into marketing automation and he got so good at it he ended up leading a team and he brings unique insights for automation and mod and what people look for in that industry like if he came to me with a good idea for like what to build an icp that, that would help other builders and it's based off his insights and automation that would be, that's like a great type of project uh for us so it's, it's looking for that type of thing rather than somebody who's like like the idea itself is has very little value without somebody who's able to execute behind it like oh i think it'd be really cool to do this but i've never tried anything like it before and i haven't like really worked in the industry before you know you know like the right type of person would have already gotten their feet wet somehow okay yeah that, that that's fair so say you are uh, you know the the right type of person you have you know one of the projects that you were talking about kind of more at the infrastructure type level what's the next steps for someone to to get involved and start getting you know funded go through the process yeah great um so codenstate.com is we've got an application form. Maybe it's out that actually goes to me. I'll set up an intro call. Um, if it sounds good, uh, you'll probably get um, some more calls. And and to be honest, it's it's kind of like a bit of a dating period uh, for what could be a few months. Um, this like like you share what you want to do. We share some feedback and we see if if there's value there because we also want to be providing value to you. So we have to be providing something that's that's going to really add to what you're doing. And, um, and then, you know, the fit has to be right on both sides. And then, uh, and, and then there'd be a, like, like, uh, you know, if, if as long as everyone feels comfortable going forward, there'd be a, uh, um, like, like a, like an agreement signed and, and you'll be basically part of the team from then on. And, uh, you'll get a lot of direct access to me and a lot of direct access to Cedric, but, um, it's very relational and bespoke. It's not a, like a, like a set defined rigid process, exactly three weeks long. It starts like this, like it's, it's more <laughs> of like. It also depends on the type of project, too, um, if they, and, and how fast you need to move and things like that. Okay, so I mean, would you would your advice be for people to reach out, even if they're a little bit uncertain, perhaps if they meet all the criteria and just start that conversation? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll take it for example. I mean, um, we had a uh, Loca Mining reach out to us. They said they were we were their top choice. Um, I'm a huge fan of the project, um, and. RTN servers didn't feel like it was it was the right fit for us at the right time, and and Loka needed to move very fast because they were they had several offers from from a, like other more uh, south like like just other more broad Web three accelerator programs, and so we didn't end up being able to work something out so that they could join our um, our acceleration program. However, 
uh, I just love helping Web3 projects in general. And we were happy to make some intros to investors. And uh, those investors have helped lead, lead their, their current round. And I, I gave them some advice that they worked into their business model. Um, and I still keep in touch with them. And so I have a great relationship with the founders of Loka. I'm glad that we were able to find ways to support them. So even though, you know, being accepted into our accelerator program is not, uh, it's not necessarily have to be the end goal. We can find other ways to help you. Maybe we're not the best fit, um, but we can help introduce you to somebody who would be the best fit for you. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I love being able to meet with and, and, and help support founders, uh, all the time. I have all kinds of conversations in my DMs for, for various projects. And like I said, we also have our own ventures. So Loka Mining, I'm going to have a call with them soon to talk about ICPCC. And maybe we can highlight their brand during that big event coming up. And which we are getting close to time. You know, uh, do you mind if I talk a little bit about ICPCC? Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. So let's jump to it. Awesome. Great. So uh, it stands for ICP Community Conference, but I'm going to be we referred we're going to be referring to it as ICPCC because I don't think conference is the right word. We're doing a whole different event type here, and I, this is very much like the conference we did last year with the big stage and everything, having everyone fly out to one city. It was great, and it was it was much needed to highlight on stage and 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 and, and uh, showcase the great innovators in our ecosystem. But this year we want to do something that's a lot more inclusive that everyone could participate in. And you know, it's truly a global network. We have huge communities in Asia, in, in, in Australia, everybody. And so uh, we want to create uh, an onboarding event. So think if you have uh, friends who are Bitcoin maxis and ETH maxis, you might not be able to convince them to fly out to Miami. But if there's like a local meetup with free pizza, you might be able to get them to go downtown for a local meetup, right? So what we're doing is a global live stream, a big nine hour live stream event, the first hour, will be uh, like a prime time watch party uh, a slot uh, for all the European time zones. So you could have meetups after work and go there and watch the, the event kick off if, you, if you're in any of the European time zones and Indian time zones and all that. And then uh, it concludes in the USA time zones nine hours later with the, with the last like conclusion. Um, so there'd be, and, and we're also planning a pre-party in Asia. Um, so th these meetups, there'll be some meetups with uh, like one one person we talked to, he thinks he can get over 300 people to attend his meetup. We'll have big brands like the Swap is going to do their own meetup, and and uh, some of the brands will do like mini conferences for their ICP project uh, in their city, and there'll be the official meetup for their city. And there'll be small ones put together just by people who love ICP and 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 uh, and just want to celebrate it with lo the locals in the area. So we're looking at dozens and dozens of meetups all over the world, um, and uh, and the live stream will just be basically like. Like if ICP got its own TV channel for a day and it was all just uppers and punk content that just gets people thing after thing after thing to be excited about um, showcasing different projects and like little commercial type formats and showcasing um, different influencers. Uh, we've, we've gotten a lot of the top influencers in the ecosystem have already agreed to help create content for and promote this event. So we've got um, Jerry Banfield, uh, Blockchain Boy is going to actually be the, the MC. Uh, Aaron Brenster is going to be working with 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 uh, Blockchain Boy, um, Blockchain Pill, Six Figs, William Lorette, The Swap, and I'm, I'm sure there's others. But basically, all of ICP's creators are going to be coming together to create this huge live stream. They're going to be a lot of them will be restreaming it on their platforms. So anywhere you go in Web3, you're going to see this live stream, just like the Genesis event. Uh, the Genesis event onboarded me and a lot of the others in the ecosystem. So this is going to be like the next big wave onboarding 
wave for the ecosystem. And then, um, and then aside from the, the live streams and the meetups, it's going to be an online platform all day long uh, with like a virtual meeting space. It's, it's on something called Gather Town, which is a really cute, neat little platform. It's like a little 2D world where you're a little character and you walk around. And uh, if you walk next to somebody, you, you're connected via video chat. So you can like visit booths and visit experiences. And we want to have a Yuku metaverse portal within that. The very first ICP job fair, you know, lots of little attractions. It's going to be all kinds of um, uh, contests and stuff. So basically just like a, uh, and May 10th when it happens is the, like the third birthday and the three year birthday of mainnet launch. So it's like, the whole world, all, all of us celebrating ICP. And then when your friends go to this meetup, they're going to see brilliant people all over the world having enthusiasm. They're going to take a second look and see, you know, like, like we created the icpguide.com, the, the ecosystem guide, specifically so that we could uh, start creating resources to easily share with people um, so that they can learn the basics of the network, know who to follow on social, know what projects to look into, um, what, what, what wallets to download, things like that. Um, so yeah, just a big onboarding event. We're calling it the Alien uh, Web three Alien Tech Invasion. We have a little alien character and everything in our branding, and it's ICP's Alien Tech Invading Web three. Cool, cool. So where should people go if they want to find out more information about it? Yeah, um, how can I share a link with everybody? Uh, if you share it in private chat, I can share it with folks. All right, that sounds perfect. So I share. That's the link to the event, and I'll also share the link to the guide. And uh, yeah, um, if you, maybe if you put it on the in the description for live or whatever later, um, it's on my socials as well. But I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty psyched about this. I think we're going to get uh, more than a thousand people meeting in person all over the world at the same time, and and uh, a lot of exposure for our tech. So uh, excited about it. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, good luck on the event. And for everyone who's following along, uh, if you're watching this afterwards, I will place it down in the description of the video. So you will have a chance to, to take a look. Um, otherwise, you could take a look at it's in chat as well. Um, Isaac, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us, you know, spending a full hour talking about, you know, pretty much everything from entrepreneurship to tech details about ICP to gaming. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we close the show? Um, no, no, I think I think. Uh... We covered a lot. Thank you so much for taking the time, Vanessa. I appreciate all of your thoughtful questions and uh, just for um, sharing your, your platform with us. And, and uh, yeah, let's all get out there, go build some great stuff for Web3 and uh, make the world a little bit better. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And to everyone who followed along, thank you for all the comments and the questions. I know we didn't get a chance to, to get to everyone, uh, but really appreciate you all. Uh, you know, just going to pop uh, south. Padre Tony, who's a good fan here. I guess you converted at least someone from Monero to come and take a look at ICPs. So, uh, good job. Um, yeah, you know, if you do enjoy content like this, I do have uh, conversations like the conversation we just had um, together here with Isaac uh, with, with founders and builders and folks in the industry from multiple different chains. And so if you're looking to get uh, an eye on what's happening across the cryptoverse, uh, definitely, uh, you know, pop a like on the video, do a subscribe. Uh, I hope that you'll have an opportunity to learn a lot more about everything that's going on in Web3. Um, until then, thank you, everyone, um, and enjoy the rest of your day. All right.